This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Our website for you to visit is AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. There you'll find a couple of different things, but uh, the top two things you'll find there is a Listen Live button, so you can listen live to the American Family Radio Network there on our website. And you can also uh, listen to past shows, or otherwise called podcast. You can listen to those on our website, AFR.net. Another great way to keep up with the show is to subscribe to Exposing Washington Podcast on your mobile device. Whether you use an Apple or Android device, just go to your podcast store, type in Exposing Washington. My show should pop up there, one of the first uh, shows to pop up, and then just click the subscribe button. And each week when we upload the show, you'll get it uh, to your mobile device there and you can listen at your own convenience. Busy week in Washington, D.C. and mostly not for the good of the country. We've been talking in recent weeks about the real agenda of the Democrats and how pretty much everything the Democrats do as a party Every policy they propose ends up working against America, at least the America as we know it. And one, one action, one call to action that I wanted to make you aware of that American Family Association is focused on is one of President Biden's nominees to the Department of Health and Human Services. Joe Biden nominated Assistant Secretary of Health, Dr. Rachel Levin. Dr. Levin is a biological male who is pretending to be a female. Dr. Levin is a very disturbed individual um, who is confused about his biological sex. And so he's tried to as they say, transition or tried to identify as a female. And, you know, these are not... Dr. Levin has uh, some issues that that need... He needs help, honestly, um, because of the situation that he's in, and and we should all have compassion for his soul uh, that he's in the place that he's in. It's a very sad situation. So that's first and foremost. But secondly, and uh, equally as important, is that we don't need we don't need individuals like 
Dr. Levin leading a department in the executive branch of the U.S. government. Specifically, we don't need someone like Dr. Levin who is denying science, denying the health experts when it comes to the dangers of transgenderism and sex change surgery or attempted sex change surgery because we all know you can't really change your sex. You can just change your body parts, but you can't change your biological sex that's set in your DNA from conception. But Joe Biden wants uh, Dr. Levin to head up or be the assistant secretary of HHS, and AFA is opposed to the nomination of Dr. Levin for multiple reasons. One of the main reasons is not only is Dr. Levin uh, confused when it comes to his biological sex, but Dr. Levin is also in favor of the homosexual and transgender agenda, and more specifically, Dr. Levin has voiced support for minor children having sex change surgery or or mutilation mutilating their bodies at a young age in the name of sex change or transgenderism. So the views of Dr. Levin are out of line with uh, traditional American values. They're out of line with science and with reality. So we do not need uh, people like Dr. Levin leading, uh, being in leadership position in the Department of Health and Human Services. Go to our website, afa.net. You'll see that action alert on the front page of our website, afa.net. Go there, check it out, take action. Email your senator. Let them know to vote against Dr. Levin for this position in HHS. Shifting gears to a few other topics going on in Washington, D.C., You know, the Democrats just finished passing the $2 trillion so-called COVID relief bill, and we talked about that a little bit last week at length. Well, the Democrats are on their path to, what, pass another bill, another spending bill. This time they claim they want to pass a bill that deals with infrastructure and climate change and At this rate, this legislation will likely deal with neither one of those topics, but they will hide their agenda underneath the banner of infrastructure and so-called climate change. And Joe Biden said during the campaign trail that he would not raise taxes for anyone that makes less than $400,000 a year. Well, you know what else is the equivalent to raising taxes? When companies raise the price of goods in response to raised uh, corporate taxes, corporate taxes that have been raised by the federal government. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, was on 
MSNBC this past week, and there was this discussion about the the next plan for the Biden administration and what and how the Biden administration is going to raise taxes on certain people, certain individuals, certain companies. And then the discussion came about, well, won't these companies that get their corporate taxes raised, won't they just pass that on to the consumer? Let's listen to what Jen Psaki had to say about that. Of course, you can only do so much if corporations end up raising prices on things if they end up having a tax hike as well, right? He also believes that uh, the American people are smart. They're in, they're invested in this. They're going to pay attention and that uh, they know that corporations do not need to raise the cost of goods uh, in order to, to pay more taxes and pay more of their fair share. Well, Jen Psaki actually doesn't answer the question there. And what was the question? Well, the question leading up to that clip was, will corporations raise the price of goods in response to the corporate tax being increased. Basically, will they pass on the tax increase to the consumer, which is typically what corporations do, which it actually makes sense from a business perspective. And Jen Psaki doesn't answer the question. All she says is that, well, people are smart, which is irrelevant, who's saying that people aren't smart, but nonetheless, I guess she's circling back. And then she goes on to say that, well, you know, corporations and businesses, they know, they know that they should not raise the price of goods. They should not raise the price of services and goods. They know better than that. They just need to pay their fair share. Well, history shows that typically when taxes go up, the businesses raise their prices to make up for the, off- for, the, for, the, for the loss. And if the Democrats get away with raising taxes, that is exactly what will happen. And this is where You look at the policy positions of the Democrat Party, and they make absolutely no sense. And they actually have the reverse effect of what the Democrats claim they're trying to do. And so in this instance, in this circumstance, the Democrats claim that they want to raise taxes on the middle to upper class so that the government can have more money to do more things for more people. That's what they claim. And then at the end of the day, the little guy, the lower class, they will be better off. We will redistribute wealth and make sure that corporations pay their fair share and make sure the little guy gets his cut. That's the, that's the talking point of the Democrat Party. That is the narrative, and it sells well amongst low-information voters. But the actual effects of those type policies 
The actual effect is it actually hurts the little guy because what the MSNBC host just brought up there actually is a good point. And that is when you raise taxes on corporations and so-called wealthy people, businesses pass those costs on to the consumer. It's guaranteed, mark my word, it will happen. It has happened before. This is not a new idea or a new conversation. Well, guess what? That means that the price of goods will go up for the people, the little people, that the Democrats are trying to help. So the end, the, the end goal here that the Democrats, well, actually some of them will admit this, but some of them won't. The end goal is to get government involved in more aspects of your life. To get the government involved in more of the economy. And so here's how they're going to do it. They're going to raise taxes, probably. They're going to raise taxes. The price of goods will go up across the board, pretty much probably in every industry. And then the government will step back in after they've messed something up. This is what they do. And then they will say, the price of goods is too high for the lower class. So we need to step in and we need universal basic income. This capitalistic economy is just not working. The price of goods is too high. Families are living on starving wages. And we need universal basic income. We need to send a check to the American people every month. You see what happened there? We went from being the party of the working class <laughs> to the party of more government, just like that, all within the same conversation. And this is why more government, more taxes, more regulation actually never works out. It never helps the little guy. It always hurts the little guy. And here's another thing that they're doing. Let's don't forget this. The, dem the, the same party, and the Republicans do this too, it, just, it's just, it is frustrating, to put it mildly. What, they, what, what the Democrats and the Republicans do in Washington, D.C. is they, they bash the corporations, they knock on the corporations, they complain about how the corporations don't pay their fair share in taxes. <laughs> But then the, the government bails out those same corporations. It's, it's the height of hypocrisy. You want the, the government wants to tax the corporations more and continue to bail them out when they're in trouble. Now tell me how that makes sense. And this is why it is clear that this is not about helping the little guy. This is actually about making government bigger. And in the end, who will be better off? The government will be better off and the corporations will be better off because they will continue to get bailed out even though they're paying more in taxes. 
And us little people at the bottom, well, we'll stay at the bottom. And the government might just send us a little bit of money every month to make up for it, for being at the bottom. Welcome to communism. Welcome to socialism. Welcome to a government-first America. One where every penny has to go through Washington, D.C., before it makes it way make, makes its way back to you. That is what the Democrats will do with raising the corporate tax rate and raising taxes on the so-called rich people. And you might be asking, well, how are the Democrats going to get this done? Don't they need 60 votes in the Senate? Well, that's a good good conversation, good question. As I've mentioned in previous shows in the past few weeks, the, the, the Democrats are on the path. They are headed down the path to get rid of this thing called the filibuster, which means they need 60 votes to pass legislation. The Democrats are headed down a path to get rid of that rule, that Senate rule, so that they can pass legislation at any time with a simple majority, meaning all they need is 50 Democrat senators, which they have, and then the vice president comes in and breaks the tie. I'll give you a little backgrounder on this, the history of the filibuster, but before I, want to do, before I do that, let's listen to Jonathan Swan. He's actually an Axios uh, producer slash editor a writer for Axios, he's on Fox News giving us a brief rundown of how nuking this filibuster is going to work when it comes to Senator Joe Manchin and others. Clip two, let's listen. The future of the U.S. Senate and much of the legislation coming forward comes down to a, si- a single question. Does Joe Manchin mean what he says? And, That's right. You know, she's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's really that simple. Does Joe Manchin mean what he says? Is he going to change his mind? Look, I've spoken to people who've known him for a long time, and they say that, look, he can be persuaded on certain issues, and he's definitely changed his mind. He's definitely taken votes that are unpopular in West Virginia. He voted to convict Donald Trump twice, and Donald Trump's extremely popular in West Virginia. So he, he, he does you know, flip around a little bit, but once he's really set on something, he's very hard to get off it. Well, there you have it, Uh, Jonathan Swan from Axios, basically saying that Joe Manchin from West Virginia can be persuaded. He is known to change his position on various issues, just like, oh, just about every other politician in Washington, D.C. And look, you know, the, the, the Republicans, they are just as guilty of hypocrisy as the Democrats. And when it comes to this issue of this filibuster, this 60-vote rule, my position has been all along, including during the Trump administration, that the filibuster was a big waste of time and that it should be done away with. After all, the House of Representatives needs a simple majority to pass legislation I think the Senate should need a simple majority to pass legislation also. Because the problem with the 60-vote rule 
is that it puts the minority in charge. It literally puts the minority in charge. The minority runs the show in the Senate. And the minority changes. What do I mean by that? The minority is whatever the Washington, D.C. swamp rats need to not pass good or controversial legislation. They hide behind the 60-vote rule. Democrats do it. Republicans do it. During the Trump administration, the Republican Senate hid behind the 60-vote rule for two years and did not get anything done. They got the tax bill done, and that's it. And Mitch McConnell and other senators, other Republican senators, they called us and they said, we've got to keep this filibuster. We even had a Republican senator come to our offices here Come to our headquarters in Tupelo, Mississippi and say, we've got to keep the filibuster. The filibuster will keep the Democrats from passing radical legislation when they get in charge. Mark my word. That was the narrative. That was the selling point. That's what we were told. Because our position was, look. The people elected Donald Trump to be president. The people elected the Republicans to run the House and the Senate from 2016, really technically 2017, to January of 2019. And so you should pass legislation that you promised during the campaign if the American people have elected you to run our government. Does that position sound that radical? You say something on the campaign trail, the American people elect you to implement that those campaign promises, so you go to Washington, D.C., and you do what you promised the American people you would do. That was our position. Well, as I mentioned... Almost everyone in the Beltway, the Washington, D.C. Beltway, said we've got to keep the filibuster. The filibuster will be used to block the Democrats in future administrations. <laughs> well, we said, AFA said publicly, the Democrats will get rid of the filibuster when they are in charge. Mark our word. The Democrats will nuke the filibuster when they're in charge. You want to know why? Because they care more about their agenda, they care more about their campaign promises than the Republicans do. When the Democrats campaign on something, they actually mean it. Well, fast forward to 2020, 2021, here we are. The Democrats are having the conversation about getting rid of the filibuster so they can fulfill their campaign promises. Let's listen to clip four. This is Chuck Schumer on the on the late night Stephen Colbert show. Chuck Schumer, the senator uh, from New York. Let's listen. 
the filibuster is the least democratic aspect of our least democratic part of our government. Are you going to make changes to it? Because it seems like everybody, including Joe Manchin, seems to be okay with the idea of at least changing what the filibuster means. Yeah, well, let me say this. What unites our caucus from one end to the other is we need big, bold change. The question is how to go about getting it done. What's the preference? That our Republicans join us, that maybe what they did in ARP is no longer the case. And we'll give them a chance. We'll put things on the floor. Because there are a number of my colleagues who say, let's, let's give them a chance. But if they vote no, like they did on the ARP, we can't let, us st- let that stop us. So that's a definite yes. I'll take that as a definite yes, it's going to happen. No. I am I'm going to our caucus is going to come together and figure out the best way to get change. But failure is not an option. Change we must. Change we must. Chuck Schimmer, the senator from New York. This is it, folks. If you think that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema from Arizona <laughs> If you think they're going to be the two senators standing in the way of the bold agenda of the Biden administration, then boy, are you naive. Because the thing about politicians, the thing about Washington, D.C. politicians is they can change their word. They can change their position in a heartbeat. And that's what we're about to see. And I hate it. I'm not excited about it. I think it's terrible. I think what the Democrats are doing to our country is disgusting. Remember, it's the anti-American agenda. Anything the Democrats can do to make our country weaker, poorer, and more dependent on foreign countries and our enemies, that's what they're going to do. And so the Democrats are so committed to their agenda that they are about to get rid of the filibuster probably in the next 6 to 12 months. Mark my word, it will happen. And they are going to pass big, bold, this is their their terminology, big, bold things are going to pass Congress. They're going to be signed into law by Joe Biden or maybe even Kamala Harris by that time. And the Democrats will have fulfilled their campaign promises. They will campaign in the midterms in 2022. They will campaign on keeping their promises. And who can blame them, right? After all, they got elected. If you assume that the election was legitimate... Maybe the Republicans can learn from the Democrats on this one thing. If you promise something in the campaign, you should do everything in your power to see it through the finish line when you get sworn into office. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, and we'll see you next time.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.